Good evening, everybody, and welcome into the Mid-State 48, driven by Miracle Auto Group. Chris Brooks along with you for the third round of the postseason in the state of Tennessee high school football playoffs. If you're wondering why we're doing this tonight, I'll go ahead and explain. Unfortunately, I had to be out yesterday due to a family matter, and get, we got that taken care of. And so we couldn't record yesterday, but we're doing it live tonight for you guys. So enjoy the live version of the Mid-State 48 for the first time ever as I bring in the rest of the crew. Tom, Cam, and Scott, good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Hey, doing great. Yeah, I, we figured you didn't ch trust us with the with the keys to the car there. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, not live. I'm not going to comment on that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. A1 Junior Squad, yes, you can have an oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's kind of uh, our viewers' chance to see our personalities that gets edited out. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. But, <laughs> it, this isn't 615 preps after dark, but <laughs> one day, <laughs> we might. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, test drive that one. Yeah. 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 After midnight. Uh, after midnight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe Chattanooga. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, on to the business at hand. Let's get it ready for the Division One quarterfinals and the Division Two semifinals. Guys, there are, are going to be six teams Friday night who punched their ticket to Chattanooga in the Division Two Blue Cross Bowl, um, and we'll talk about those games and who you got. We're going to pick all of those tonight, so you know, stay tuned for that for sure. But uh, I want to ask you guys first about the week we just had in the second round, not a lot of lower seeded teams advanced unless you were a two seed that beat another one. So, you know, was there anything that really stood out that surprised you from the second round or was it just a ton of chalk that we kind of figured that might happen? Well, one of the things, uh, of course, the leader separating themselves from the rest, but uh, one of the things that's kind of, kind of was odd last week is we saw a lot of shootouts and, uh, you know, defense wins, wins you championships is the old saying. Uh, but this past week, a lot of teams had to outscore their opponent and were able to do so. Yeah, yeah typically we see more defense this time of year, and you're exactly right. I mean, you look at East Nashville, Waverly, they combined for 74 points in that game. It turned to be a shootout. Beach and Smyrna, two teams with good defenses, uh, some, a lot of points scored for, a you know, a game we thought might have been a low-scoring game. Page, Mount Julia, look at that one, 42-39. to 39. And, uh, guys, a lot of these games also came down to the last minutes. That's uh, If you're a fan, you really got to love that because um, it kept you in suspense right up to the very end. And uh, a lot of these games very entertaining to watch. Yeah, as uh, we mentioned on the scoreboard show, and then when I was at Brentwood Academy Pope Prep, it was supposed to be a quarterback battle between Kenny Minchie and George McIntyre. That did not happen as Minchie took a couple of snaps and went out of the game early with a shoulder injury, reactivating what he might have done you know, back in week four. Uh, he did come back for a couple more snaps, but that was it. And then they lose Elijah Robb, their starting running back. And when you lose two of your key starters against a defense that's very good and very motivated to avenge a loss from last year, bad things are happening. And Unfortunately, that knocked Pope Prep out. So, yeah, and, and the the game I was at, uh, Tom, you know, you're talking about the teams that were scoring and talking about chalk. You know, Cane Ridge comes out, you know, comes out blazing, and and that uh, triple option that uh, that uh, Clarksville had been run running all year, well, most of the year, and giving people all kinds of fits just never materialized. They were forced to throw something they just didn't want to do late in that game. Yeah, and big plays ultimately the game that I was at. 
A big plays the side of that one is Darius Johnson had two of his three touchdown runs at 58 yards and 85 yards. Yep. Uh, so, uh, you know, preventing the big play on defense seems to be a, a big thing here in the playoffs. But for the most part, uh, it's offensive shootouts across the board. We will talk about those third-round matchups here in the next segment, but I uh, want to start with some news that just really came down today uh, from Metro Nashville. Uh, some really good news for these programs, too. All of the Metro Nashville public school high school programs are going to get new athletic fields over the next five years. Um, really, this is a program that the Tennessee Titans and a nonprofit organization called The Fans, Inc. have put together. And on the screen, you've got some details there. It's a $15 million project approximately through – Metro Nashville, the Titans, and the Fans, Inc. Um, Jamie Holland, who is a Nashville attorney, is a big proponent of this program, and he runs the Fans, Inc. Now, uh, Mark North, the Metro AD, actually did run this program before he took the AD job for Metro Nashville Public School Athletics. So uh, a, a really good thing here. Uh, each field that's going each team is going to get about a, a million dollars approximately to, to do this, whether it's for a field or for more improvements also in their facilities as well. I think Scott just dropped, so we'll get him back in a minute. Um, it's going to be split up three ways. $5 million from Metro Nashville via capital spending plans. The Titans are going to go donate $5 million in grants over that five-year period. And then private donors through the Fans, Inc.'s fundraising campaign, which has already kicked off, and we'll show you that, uh, that website in just a second, how you can help out with that to, to make up the $15 million. Now, the 13 programs that Metro Nashville has for football, Antioch, Cambridge, East Nashville, Glencliff, Hillsboro, Hunters Lane, James Lawson, which was formerly Hillwood, Maplewood, McGavick, Overton, Pearl Cone, Stratford, and Whites Creek. They're all getting new turf fields out of this and whatever other improvements they've got. And I'll bring Scott back in here as he just popped back in. Also to the field, the programs at Hume Fogg and MLK Magna who do not have football but do have soccer programs, they're also getting these improvements themselves. So, a million dollars for each of those 15 schools. It's a, it's a great deal, obviously, for these teams. Guys, I want to get you in and get your thoughts on this. No. Yeah, you huge bravo uh, to uh, Metro Nashville as well as the Tennessee Titans for putting this together, uh, something that we mentioned a few weeks ago on our show. And if you've been to any of these places to watch a game, whether it be you know any of those schools listed, I don't want to single anybody out, but uh, – from a budget standpoint, they just can't provide and take care to treat the field the way that it needs to be treated for a natural playing surface. So having a turf field will go a long way for not only uh, the teams and the athletes, but also the coaches that uh, don't quite have the funds to be able to take care uh, of what they have properly. But now that problem is solved uh, thanks to Metro Nashville and the Tennessee Titans. And I understand that, you know, there, there are questions about turf, but the, here's the thing that I've seen, and, and if you've been to a Metro game uh, lately, especially late in the season, you've seen it. These fields get slick. They get muddy. They get these – some of these schools don't have another practice uh, surface really to, to, to practice on. And so they spend a lot of time, uh, you know, on that field, and, and it gets torn up, and it, it basically they're playing in a, a bog or a mud pit or whatever. This is going to – be safer it's going to be as cam said uh, a lot more economically feasible manageable uh for these schools and uh you know it, it's you know if you know if you've been watching our show you know my feelings on it uh i think it's a great great thing and we all need to jump behind uh the fans inc and 
Center fundraising campaign. Yeah, yeah. and also too. I'm sorry, Tom. Go ahead. I was just going to kind of piggyback on what Scott said. You're right. That's a huge win. And uh, going back to last weekend, guys, I know we all saw it with the amount of rain in the further east. Even you went, you know, we saw a little bit more rain. So a lot of these fields were eat up last week. This is a huge win for uh, for the Metro schools here. And, uh, you know, getting these turf fields in, that eliminates a lot of those problems you mentioned. Just hats off to the Titans, to Metro Nashville and, and Fans Inc. for getting together to put this together. And uh, it's going to make a huge difference, guys, in Metro football and, and for the soccer programs there at MLK and Hume Fogg as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I'll say the piggyback off of that. I mean, look, you mentioned soccer because a lot of these programs don't have a dedicated soccer field either. So having this available to them would really help them out because, I mean, they're using the soccer field and the football field. The football field is their soccer field. So yep. it's it's more it's more usage during the fall for girls soccer. It gets chewed up in, you know, these teams that are still in the postseason, East Nashville, you know, Cane Ridge, Pearl Cone, it, it's rough on them having those surfaces that, that are deteriorating fast. And, Chris, with the, with the uh, beginnings of girls' flag football, in, especially in the metro area, these surfaces are going to be important there as well. Yep. Yeah, it's a good point. And then they're going to be starting that up in the spring. So, you know, they, they won't be ready, obviously, by the spring. This is no, no, no. Some of these fields will be phased in next year. This will not be in every team gets a turf field next year project, in my understanding. So the, from the Titan standpoint, they have donated $5 million, but that is $1 million per year over five years. So I believe this is a five-year project. This so, is a five-year project, yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. so you're looking, they will probably, if I had to guess, add two to three fields per year. Yeah, yeah. Well, that would probably, that would seem about right from, from their standpoint, for sure. But the, the great thing about that is, you know, uh, similar to how, uh, how Ravenwood had to uh, give a playoff game uh, last year and go over to Nolansville. Uh, you know, Metro Nashville can do that if uh, if Pearl's not on the list for the first year. But hey, uh, Lawson got one. They can always you know roll it over there and use that uh, in the event of uh, inclement weather. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, great deal for for those kids. And if you want to help out, we'll show you the website now. It is wearethefans.org, so you can go there and check out more about the project and help donate to make this project happen for those Metro Nashville public school teams. So, absolutely, certainly great news to to have for this week. Obviously, a big improvement for them. And uh, a lot of people are going to question from outside of the area why their team isn't getting turf fields. I mean that that's a lot of it's a big expense, obviously. So it's a huge expense, but I mean, when you think of Davidson County, I mean, with all those schools, their budgets are split between so many schools. Other counties, uh, you know, are less fortunate as far as the amount of money that they have to spend, but they may only have one school in the county or two schools in the county. They don't have fifteen to twenty like Davidson. All right, so we got some more business to tend to. We've got to talk about our Miracle Auto Group Player of the Week finalists from the second round of the postseason. We'll pull those pull those names up for you real quick. Uh, first off, Siobhan Abdullah from Cane Ridge, 13-17, 221 through the air, six touchdown passes, and he kicked all six extra points too. So he had a hand in every point the Ravens scored in that 42-6 win over Clarksville. East Nashville, Zach Beard, 13 of 16, 324 yards and four touchdowns. And East Nashville needed all of it because they won 40 to 34 at Waverly. Excuse me. 
Lipscomb Academy had no trouble with visiting Silverdale. Caleb Beasley, three picks, two pick sixes in that 77 to 13 route. And Hank Brown from Lipscomb Academy, 17 of 18 passing, 272 yards, five touchdowns, also ran for a score for the Mustangs in that one. Blackman's Justin Brown, seven catches, 163 yards and two touchdowns, also ran four times for 21 yards and two more scores as Blackman won 35-31 at Coffee County. Nolensville's Kobe Walton, 17 of 22 passing, 266 yards, four touchdowns as Nolensville won 56-36 over White County. Beaches Darius Johnson, Cam mentioned him earlier, 14 carries, 237 yards, three touchdowns, also had five tackles on defense in their win over Smyrna 24-21. And Middle Tennessee Christian's Eli Wilson, it was a losing effort for the Cougars, 27-25 at Jackson Christian, but Wilson had a big hand in their efforts, 253 yards on the ground and four touchdowns on 26 carries, also had five tackles and an interception on defense for the Cougars in that one. And the fans... This week, gave their vote to Siobhan Abdullah. He won by nearly 90 votes in our fan voting that concluded Tuesday night. Tom, you went with Zach Beard. And just what you said a moment ago, Chris, they needed every one of those yards, every one of those touchdowns. Actually, I picked Waverly to beat East Nashville last week because their offense had been struggling so much the prior two weeks. I didn't know that they would have enough fuel to win that football game. Beard goes down there. He has a fantastic football game. That's what a playoff performance is all about. He went out there and had a great night. And uh, without Zach Beard, uh, East Nashville's not going to Smith County this week. Yep. That's true. Cam, you want Michelle to do it? Yeah, I mean, you said it, Chris. He, he had basically helped score every point that they put on the board uh, in a game that uh, – I know none of us picked it, but there were some people out there that thought Clarksville would be able to uh, possibly play spoiler and upset Kane Ridge for the second year in a row. Uh, and Siobhan Abdullah was one of the main reasons why the Ravens come out on fire uh, and really took it to Clarksville early on and put the game away early. Scott, you also went on the Abdullah train this week. I did, but uh, and I had the uh, chance to, to see him in person. Let me tell you, uh, you know, he – he broke that game open by his just his ability to send the plays, uh, keep his eyes downfield. Um, to me, uh, he made that engine go. And as Cam said, yeah, he uh, he had a hand in every single point uh, in that game. I could have easily have gone with Siobhan Abdullah, but I did side with Zach Beard. And like Tom said, they needed every single point. East Nashville found its offensive at the best possible time, and they've and Zach Beard's the biggest reason why, and that's why I sided with the East Nashville signal caller this week. But it's three votes in favor of Abdullah, two for Beard, and so Shavad Abdullah from Cane Ridge wins our Miracle Auto Group Player of the Week for the second round of the playoffs. And I've got your award, Siobhan. I'm going to swing by Cane Ridge, hopefully tomorrow, and hand that over to you personally. So congratulations to Siobhan. He is a second-time winner. He actually won one of those last year, so. Definitely congratulations to him. He's had a fantastic season, as have the Ravens. Have they gone as he's gone? So. Before we go any further, let's hear from Miracle Auto Group. Hi, everyone. Jim Galvin, Miracle Ford. Your Ford dealer in Gallatin, Tennessee, since 1980. Great news. Beginning now. When you need service, we can come to you. Our mobile service van comes to you wherever you are. Whether you need oil change, lube, routine maintenance, warranty, filters, wiper blades, batteries, bulbs, recalls, and more. Visit our website. Or call us now. Are you ready for the meeting? 
And guys, I want to take a, a quick moment. Uh, we appreciate the Galvins and everything they do for us. Uh, they are experiencing a little bit of hardship this week as they lost their mother on Tuesday. Uh, so I would, we'd like to send our thoughts and prayers to the Galvin family as well. Absolutely. 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 Well, let's go ahead and talk round number three, shall we? We've got some brackets to peruse and discuss and all that good stuff. And we'll start in class 6A because two of the games will be, or one of the games will be at Friday night is on this list. And uh, Scott, you'll be over at Oakland for the Blaze and the Patriots running it back for their rematch. And uh, winner, that one's going to get to host the winner of Science Hill Maryville on Black Friday. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that game. Uh, I know it's a rematch of uh, of the earlier game this year that uh, that Blackman had. Are we picking these now? Or are we just discussing these? No, now? no, we're we're going to hold off on that. We just want to discuss <laughs> these real quick. You know, I know some people are anxious to see it, but we, we're going to run it like we normally do. Okay. Well, I I just wanted to be sure before I went you know, open my mouth too far. But yeah, I think that uh, uh, I really think the the winner of this game. Uh, has a has a really good shot at knocking off the winner of that Science Hill Maryville game. I agree, uh, and we could easily have two of these games covered. I mean, that Beach King Ridge game was a was a tough one for us to uh, steer away from, um, but ultimately we've covered both of those teams a couple times, and that that game is the My TV Thirty game this week, uh, guys. I mean, that's going to be a great game, Blackman Oakland. Definitely has potential. That first game, things just went against Blackman uh, that really got them behind the eight ball early, and you can't do that against a team like Oakland. And, you know, looking at the bracket here, I mean, you look at Germantown. I mean, I know they're a four seed out of that Memphis region, but oddly enough, similar to that Williamson County region, that four seed Germantown beat the one seed of Bartlett in the regular season 17 to 16. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And I, I tell you what, how will Blackman adjust against Oakland? They've got to come out and play poised. As you mentioned, you know, they can't come out and make mistakes. They can't come out early, especially, and have big mistakes. If you're Oakland, just go out and play Oakland football because what you've done has worked in the past. But uh, uh, Blackman certainly has got the offense to make that interesting. Guys, Maryville, is this as good a Maryville team as we've seen in the past? I think three losses this year for Maryville. And uh, that might be a bit of a challenge against Science Hill. You know, they, you know, I heard somebody say earlier in the season, three losses, a lot of teams across the state would be tickled to have just a three-loss season. But that's a down year uh, when it comes to Maryville. And uh, uh, certainly they, they play fired up in the playoffs. But I'm kind of interested to see how that one plays out. Yep. yep. Definitely so. Maryville without uh, a Mr. Football candidate and uh, Noah Vaughn uh, for the – duration of this season i mean that's a, a huge blow for the rebels because he is a tremendous running back yeah turn our attention back to that beach opening game for just a second because i was at that first game and let me tell you blackman threw everything but the kitchen sink at oakland at that one and nothing stuck because they just never got the breaks that's going to be the key for me for this game for blackman have a good start get a few breaks because anytime oakland scores that's another break you've got to get just to catch up and those breaks can snowball and puts you in a 28-point hole very fast if you're not careful. Blackman's very aggressive, and it may serve them well this week if they can catch the breaks. But if they don't, it could get out of hand fast. But we'll pick that game and who how, you got a little bit. How many, how many Mr. Football candidates are in that game? Four? Yeah, four. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Kicker, Kate Hewitt, uh, Jack Reisner. I forgot about Taylor. Yep, Jacob Taylor. Yeah, so, I mean, if you, if you don't have anything going uh, and you want to go out and – and see some uh, some future stars. That's the game to go to. Yep. 
Yep, son. Scott, you'll be there for that one as well. And that Beach Cane Ridge game, you know, we talked about it on the scoreboard show Saturday. These two were old region rivals back a few years ago. Cane Ridge has knocked Beach out a couple of times, and uh, certainly rem- Beach remembers that. That coaching staff remembers that. Those players might not, but the coaching staff really does. So Yeah, they've not tangled since 2016, a season where Cane Ridge beat them both in the regular season and in the playoffs. Yep. So it should be a fun one in the 6A quarterfinals this week. Looking over at 5A now, you know, uh, I'll be at Nolensville for the page. Nolensville tilt uh, was there for the first one. Had to go back to, to that one. Uh, Daniel Boone at Knoxville West, Oak Ridge at Powell, and then Springfield and Henry County in the other quarterfinal in the Western half. Uh, this is a fun group. This really is. This has been fascinating to follow this particular bracket just because we weren't sure how it was going to play out, but it, it's kind of worked out fairly evenly. I think yeah. this might be the best bracket out of all classifications. Yeah, any one of these teams – uh, could could lift the gold ball and it wouldn't surprise me yep. at all. I'm interested to see that Daniel Boone Knox West uh, result. See how that goes. Both teams yeah. undefeated. Yeah, both teams. Mm-hmm. I was about to say both teams there undefeated. And uh, of course, Paige Paige Nolansville. That's going to be a dandy. Nolansville uh, last week they they swept Malachi Dowell out of the playoffs and uh, had to outscore him to do it. But they proved up to the task with a great offensive performance. And let's not leave out uh, Henry County and Springfield. There's some history there, guys. And uh, uh, you know Devin Crenshaw and company can they uh, can they make it happen against a good Henry County team? Henry County they always rise to the occasion. They're the cream, so to speak. Cream rises to the top in the playoffs, and they certainly do, it seems like, every year. Yeah, Tom, while you mentioned Malachi Dow, I just want to tip my hat to him. I know he's right outside of our area. Uh, Came up, I believe it was 150 yards shy of Jalen Hurd's record, uh, roughly. Uh, And that's with him missing a game and a half in the regular season, guys, and also having two less games in the playoffs, I believe – is what it wanted up being. So just a huge season for Malachi Dow. And hopefully, I know some OVC schools are starting to look at him, but hopefully he gets the break that he deserves. Yeah, I, mean, I covered that Jalen Hurd season in 2013, or 2012 actually. And yeah, that was over 15 game 15 game schedules. They won the, the championship that year. For him to do it in his two games that he did, yeah, tip your cat to Malachi Dow. A wonderful season. If he doesn't win Mr. Football, something is wrong. Yep. Um, that Henry County, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Scott, you're on, you're on it. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was, I was, it's going to be interesting to see how this uh, Henry County game works out. When Springfield uh, played them uh, the last time, uh, Devin Crenshaw didn't have one of his better games, three pick six. They had a bunch of penalties uh, that that kind of went against them. I'm, I'm kind of interested to see it, uh, what the if the Jackets can get that righted. Uh, I'm really interested, uh, interesting to see uh, – the, the battle between Ryan Dameron and Devin Crenshaw as they both teams have really good quarterbacks. I think that game, uh, it, it went to overtime last time. I think it could again this time. Recent history suggests the road team might have a slight advantage in this series in the last couple of years, but we'll talk about that here in just a bit. So something to, something to chew on there before we pick these games and who you got. Um, that Oak Ridge Powell game is interesting too, because I mean, Powell is one of those teams that because of injuries, they were kind of under the radar a little bit this year, but, man, they're playing good football right now, and that potential semifinal between Knoxville West and Powell could be an absolute barn burner up here in East Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Potts. I mean, what a quarterback he is, committed to go play uh, for Wesley Satterfield at uh, Tennessee Tech. Uh, 
you know, one of you've already pulled the the four A bracket up. One of the losses for Powell was Potts goes out in the first half. They lose to an undefeated Anderson County team, uh, and the following week Powell's out again, and they lose their second game. But other than that, uh, the Powell uh, Panthers have been cruising. Yep. Now we go over to the four four A bracket because I mean that East Tennessee game with Greenville and Anderson County. You no know, man. <laughs> That's a barn burner up there as well. And then Red Bank at East Hamilton will tangle again like they did in the regular season. But Pearl Cone heads out to Lexington. They're not going to have any more home games with the Firebirds. They'll be on the road if they want to make it to Chattanooga. So that's a test for them. And uh, going out there for Lexington and possibly out to the Haywood Milan winner next week as well. Yeah, Guys, yeah what, a, what a bracket on here too. I mean, you call it the quarterfinals for a reason. I mean, I mean everybody is left pretty good, so – uh, that Haywood Milan game uh, should be a, a really good game as well. Uh, Pearl Cone, uh, you know, losing the first two games of the season. Ever since then, they've been cruising. I was going to go back to that East Hamilton Red Bank game because I got to see East Hamilton in person last week, and their Mister Football semifinalist Wandrick Bullard. Guys, this is a, he's about a six three six four two hundred five pound kid that actually started the season at running back, ended up having to move to quarterback, and he's now Mister Football semifinalist and he carried his team to a win over Upperman last week. Uh, Upperman had a chance to go up eight late, decided to go for two because they were running the ball so effectively against East Hamilton, but uh, didn't get it, and Bullard carried his team right down the field. That's going to be a fun matchup because Red Bank struggled down the end toward the end of the season. Regular season had some injuries. They're back. They only allowed six points to a good stone memorial football team last week. And listen, that Greenville Anderson County game, that boy, I tell you, if you're in East Tennessee, you gotta go. That that that's gonna be the game. I think one of the best games probably in the state altogether this weekend. Yeah, and the first one to forty two might win. <laughs> <laughs> it's very possible. Yeah. I mean not just the game, but the atmosphere itself in Anderson County. I've been told that just seeing some of the photos and video from up there is all, obviously wonderful. And, uh, yeah, they do it big up there in Anderson County. So uh, we'll see who comes out of that one because they would be a pretty heavy favorite next week. On to 3A. You know, Alcoa's got Gatlinburg, Pittman, and home. Sweetwater travels to Giles County. East Nashville heads back to Carthage for the second time in four weeks. And then Dyersburg will travel to Covington in the quarterfinals. Cam, you're going to be over in Carthage for that East Nashville Smith County tilt. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, there's no rain forecasted like there was last week, or else right. I'd yeah. be, be walking through some mud <laughs> on Friday night. Uh, <laughs> but man, it's going to be cold. It's going to be physical. Um, you know, this matchup lost a little bit of steam in the first round of the playoffs when East struggled against White House, but it picked it right back up in round two with East uh, beating. A really good Waverly team. Uh, Smith County, you know, that three-point loss to DeKalb County is the only loss on their record, guys. You know, they're they're one of the teams, you know, Beach in, in 6A is sort of the same way. Uh, just one of those teams has just flown under the radar all year. Nobody's talking about, you know, they, they've not blown a lot of people out, you know, but they've won football games. And um, that speaks a lot to Coach Matt Dyer and the uh, – the intensity and, and the attention to details that he brings as a head football coach. Well, yeah, and and make no mistake, I think I think that uh, Matt Dyer prefers to be considered the underdog here. He's been uh, that team's played with a chip on their shoulder all year long. Um, I think that uh, you know as long as they can continue to uh, 
to, to play with that edge, that, you know, that attitude, they're going to be in every game that they play. Um, it, it's going to be interesting because, uh, you know, really it's a contrast again in styles. Um, it, it, it really, I, I envy you in that. I think that's going to be a, a really fun, but I think a really physical game. I think both defenses are outstanding. The big question, I think, when we'll talk about it, of course, we make our picks. You mentioned chip on their shoulder. How big is the chip on East Nashville's shoulder as they did lose that game during the regular season? Do they come back fired up? And, again, I thought East Nashville offensively kind of got it back together with their performance at Waverly. So, how are they going to approach it this time around? And uh, would people consider Smith County to be the favorite in this game? And if they are, then how do they react being in that role in this game? Yep. Yeah, and while we're on this bracket real quick, just want to throw a little bit of good luck towards uh, Brad Wagner. Um, got to know Coach Wagner when he was at Trousdale County. Uh, they hung in that game with Alcoa the first go-around for a little while, and then Alcoa pulled away. But uh, he's got a really talented squad there at Gatlinburg Pittman, and I know that they're going to give it their best shot. Yeah, and yeah, the defensive line. I'm sorry, go ahead, Scott. Oh, I was just going to echo what Cam said. That's that's not a given, that Alcoa game. I think Gatlinburg-Pittman has a really good chance to come away with that victory. Yeah, that's one more note on the East Nashville, just from, from my point of view here. Uh, the offensive line for East Nashville, they're having to grow up really fast because of the changes that they've made up front. Uh, this is the type of game in the playoffs that you, know, you find out who you really are because with the weather being like it is, and some of the relative inexperience that the East Nashville front has had, do they learn from that loss at Smith County and pick that a little bit up this week? And we'll see. I mean, that's the biggest thing for me for East Nashville. But uh, I'm not going to say it's weird. Not, it's not going to sway my pick either way. We'll, uh, we'll figure that out in a bit. <laughs> Slide over to 2A. And uh, Union City is the only three seed that uh, made it this far, but uh, ones and twos the rest of the way. Uh, East Robertson hosting Tyner is our game to, to look at in this bracket. Um, Really, really a fun matchup there because Tyner brings about as much talent as East Nashville has seen this year. I think it's that yeah, I think in the uh, maybe in the scoreboard show I, I said something along the lines of they may have to hang an extra an extra uh, number on the scoreboard for this one. I mean, really, uh, it's it's going to be interesting which defense can stop uh, each other in that Tyner East Robertson game. That is, uh, you know, there's a lot of talent on the field in that game. Well, let yeah, me tell two you, things. I, Go ahead, Tom. I was just going to say, uh, what impressed me, Tyner got, you know, scored 42 on Westmoreland's defense last week. And you pointed it out, Scott, this could be an offensive shootout. Tyner's got a great uh, dual-threat quarterback in Josh Jackson. And, and a big kid at that, you know, I talked about Buller down at East Hamilton, but this 6'4", 210-pound kid that uh, can get it done with football in his hand, throwing it or running it. And uh, I, I agree with you. I think this is going to be a fun game. It could be a back-and-forth game. And, uh, you know, over-under could be something like 85 because they could put up a lot of points this week. <laughs> yeah, and you're talking about uh, Josh Jackson, uh, you said he's listed at 210. Guys, I've seen him in person a couple times. Uh, he's bigger than 210. He's more like 235 or so. Uh, big kid, huge arm. Uh, but one of the things, you know, you got Josh Jackson, which is a semifinalist uh, for Mr. Football, but East Robertson also has a Mr. Football semifinalist in Zeke Prince. Uh, but a couple things that I mentioned this week when, when talking about this matchup is uh, I told a couple people this week that I believe this is the first game this year where East Robertson cannot say that they have more athletes than the other team. Uh, even their loss against Macon County, I think they had more athletes than Macon County. 
Uh, and one person responded to that, and they said, well, is it, will this be the first time Tyner has seen this many athletes? Well, no, they played Alcoa. But, <laughs> you know, when you think about things, what's more the most impressive thing about this Tyner team? Yes, their offense is good. They put up a lot of points, almost 40 points per game. But Tyner has held nine out of 12 opponents to one score or less. They've given up 93 points this year. 42 of those were at Alcoa. That's wow. 50, 51 points to the other 11 opponents. Yeah, it's an average of 3.4 points a game if you take the That's Alcoa phenomenal. score out of there. Yeah, uh, they, they do have a really good defense. Now, Tom, uh, you know a little bit about that Monterey-York Institute matchup. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about that one? Well, in fact, I'm going to be broadcasting that game Friday night. And, in fact, I did the game earlier this season when Monterey played at York Institute. And let me tell you, York came out – and they just dominated Monterey physically in that football game back early in the regular season. And I think that was the wake-up call for this Monterey team. They have been playing exceptional football since then. I don't think they've lost a game uh, since that point. That was back, I think, on early September is when they played initially. Monterey has got a great tailback. We talk about uh, Malachi Dowell, and rightfully so at White County, but they got a young man named Mason Bowman up there at Monterey. And uh, this kid's around 2,000 yards rushing this season. Their quarterback is a monster. Matthew Montgomery listed 6'1", 230. But let me tell you, when this kid runs the ball, uh, he looks like Derrick Henry out there shedding tacklers uh, just left and right. He's a strong kid. I think uh, Monterey, they hung 40 at Hampton last week, guys. We know how good Hampton was last year. This is going to be a very physical football game. York is as healthy as they've been since the earlier meeting in the season with Monterey. And I think Monterey's playing exceptional football right now. I, I look for this to be a tight ball game. One of those is going to come down to the wire. And uh, th those two are building a pretty good rivalry there in 2A. Uh, Cam, what do you think about uh, those other brackets on the other western half of the bracket with Riverside, Lewis County, then Union City, Huntington? Yeah, the Union City Huntington game is a, a both of those teams come from the same region. Uh, they play, played a really close game uh, in the regular season, I believe. Huntington won that game by six, I believe, 27 21 or, or somewhere in that area. Uh, that Riverside team, I believe, uh, lost to Lewis County 15 to 14 for their region championship in the regular season. Uh, I really, you know, since we're not picking these, I'll go ahead and I'm leaning Riverside and probably Union City and the western side uh, that union city team has really flown under the radar this year huntington surely could be there especially having a home field advantage tough place to go win and playoffs at huntington yeah, let's head over to 1a real quick uh, our local game of interest is gordonsville clay county these two teams played in week 11 clay county won by seven and that's why they're hosting this time around but uh gordonsville goes into south pit and knocks off the pirates for uh by seven points last week and you know huge for them is uh they wanted some revenge they do yeah. but gordsville had a couple of injuries in that game some key injuries that are being monitored going into this game friday night guys the last time gordsville won i believe against south pitt in the playoffs was 2012 gordsville went on to win the state that year and um you know, there's been a lot of excitement in Tigertown since even before the season began. And uh, you can better believe they are fired up to be heading up to Salina to take on Clay County. Uh, again, another rematch. It was a tight ball game last go round. A lot of folks thought Gordonsville should have won that ball game. They played exceptional throughout the full four, four quarters, but it'll be a great rematch. 
Yeah, I think it was a late interception, maybe that, uh, or a, a late fourth and goal stop. Excuse me, not an interception, but a fourth and goal stop. I think that uh, that kept uh, Clay ahead and in that game. I think yet, uh, I think you're right. This is a this is a grudge match. It, it is every year. Well, now the stakes are a little bit higher. Uh, well, they don't get a whole lot higher than this. Um, yeah, I it's mean, it's going to be really interesting to see how these teams go at it, each other, seeing themselves again in the same season. Yep, thirty-seven years since Clay County has hosted a quarterfinal game. Wow, thirty-seven years, guys! Uh, huge game in Salina. They will have the, the whole town will be there. Uh, Tyreek Key, uh, the basketball player for Tennessee, might even show up, guys. Uh, he's a Salina native himself. Uh, this is a huge game. If you love small town football, this is the, the place to go. I mean, and I believe 37 years ago, Clay County would have probably been known as Salina back then. They were probably they were. wasn't even Clay County. Yep. yep. Uh, huge game. One thing to note, if Gordon Ford advances, they have beaten both of those teams on that other bracket. Beat Oliver Springs 41-7, to beat Coalfield 42-21. to Yep. So if Gordon Ford wins – they have to like their chances to get to Chattanooga. And I was going to host. Yeah, and I was going to bring that up because, in fact, I think that loss to Gordonsville's Coalfield's only loss of the season. So, uh, you're right, uh, Cam, a lot of confidence for that Gordonsville team. If they win, they like their chances to get to Chattanooga. Yep. But now, one thing that they don't like, and anybody on that side of the bracket won't like, is those four teams on that other side <laughs> are good. Boy, really they good. Are. <laughs> yeah. They're all under uh, – Peabody's not undefeated, but the other three are. Uh, yeah. And it – if we weren't doing six one five guys, and you know, as much as I love small town football, that Fayetteville McKenzie team game may be one of the best games uh, of the year, regardless of classification. Yep. But the good news for uh, the ones on the top half of that bracket is those four teams have to beat up on each other first before they meet them in Chattanooga. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that is true. The top side only have to beat one of those to win a state championship. So, you know, <laughs> their odds are a little bit better than what they would if they had to play them this week. <laughs> Moving on to Division Two, we start in single A with the semifinals this week with USJ going to Friendship Christian and Jackson Christian traveling to Nashville Christian. And uh, the Friendship Christian had to uh, had to get a great special teams play, blocking an extra point to get by DCA last week. But uh, they're going to face a USJ team who who wants a lot of blood this week. Yeah, this uh, USJ team they're they're a juggernaut offensively. Uh, they're averaging nearly forty. 40- uh, six points per game, and that included their that total includes their loss to Union City. You know they've only scored less than forty six points this year, so it's going to be really interesting to see how Friendship Christian can match up with an offensive team like that. Can you know I don't know if they can match them score for score, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Friendship defense handles USJ and how USJ handles the the Friendship offense. Quite frankly. Yeah, the, a couple things to to look at for me, and we'll get into some more of these numbers when we pick the game. But uh, the the defense for Friendship is, is going to have to show up this week. They've they've shown up pretty much all year, uh, not allowing over fourteen points per game, um, not over allowing over fourteen points in any game this year. Uh, so, especially with Garrett Weekly, Tyson Walcott, uh, Brock Montgomery on the offensive side of the ball, if if Friendship is able to uh, hold everybody to 14 points. Uh, they surely like their chances to win that football game. Yeah, if you look at the bottom half of that, guys, what a big win for Nashville Christian. They're playing some great football right now as yeah. they roll in this matchup with Jackson Christian. 
but I think that's a good win over to Jackson Christian. Don't remember who I picked exactly last week, but I know I've been high on that Middle Tennessee Christian team. They've been uh, playing some really good football. I think they had a loss early in the year, and we thought maybe they, they were going to take a step back, but they played great. I thought that was a quality win for Jackson, Jackson Christian. I look for that to be a good matchup between those two schools. Yeah, I think that this is as tight of a game as you're going to see. And what a job Coach uh, Jeff Brothers has done with that Nashville Christian team. You're talking about a, a team that lost eight starters on on uh, on offense. They lost uh, about that many on defense. Uh, they're you know they plugged in uh, a freshman quarterback, and boy, they 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 grow them up quick over on Sawyer Brown Road. Um, you know, you know that team is playing. A uh, very mature ball for a team with that many freshmen on it, I th- but I think that this Jackson Christian team is uh, is very very dangerous uh, for them. This is going to be a, a really interesting uh, matchup, and uh, it, it, you know when we get to the picks, we'll I can talk more on it. But uh, I think that this is a really really close game. Flipping over to Double A, where both the local teams are going to be on the road this week. CPA and Lipscomb Academy both have to travel to the Eastern Time Zone for their semifinal games. As CPA travels to Chattanooga Christian, and Lipscomb Academy hits the road to go east to Knoxville Webb. Um, could it be CPA Lipscomb Academy round? Whatever it's going to be, probably 25-30. How many times do play together? Because this may be the this will be the last time that you would possibly have to see that for a state championship at least for the for this next coming upcoming cycle at least. Uh, how would you, how would you like to be the the two seed and you look over there at the three seed is CPA? Yeah, I God, mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, and and you talk about a team in CPA that is you know that is peaking at at a really good time, uh, you know. Now that Asher Keck has emerged as a as a bell cow back for them, um, this is going to be fun because you're going to have two running games that are, are uh, that are really really good. Uh, you know the charges the charges may have lost Boo, but they've got Javoris Havis back there, and and he's been uh, lights out. I think. Yeah. That, Go ahead, Scott. Oh, I was just going to say at this uh, matchup. It may come down to uh, who has the ball last, quite frankly. Yeah, CPA scored 21 unanswered last week. I'll kind of take the walk of shame here. So I think I was the only one that picked Lausanne in that game. Uh, CPA had been exposed a couple times this year against the pass. Uh, and Lausanne quarterback Brock Glenn, longtime commitment to Ohio State. I thought uh, that they may have some, some opportunities passing the ball against CPA, but uh, CPA held them in check with 13 points and scored 21 unanswered. Uh, the senior leadership on that CPA team, that uh, yes, they lost some great seniors off of last year's team, but what London Humph- Humphreys has done, um, Thomas Vaccaro, I mean, they've just stepped up when it mattered. I mean, they are probably, I would say, I say everybody would probably say this, they're probably the best three seed regardless of classification. Uh, they suffered a lot of losses this year, but look at their schedule. They also have probably the most impressive win of the season as well. Yes. Agreed. You know, it's not that they just beat Oakland. I got to watch that one online, guys. They physically dominated Oakland. Physically dominated Oakland. That does not happen to Kevin Creasy football teams. No. Let, let me let me ask you this, guys. Uh, do you see a 77-point uh, 
uh, tally for Lipscomb this week? No, no. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> no. No. They'll be far, they'll be far fetched to do that again. Um, they'll put their points up, but you no know, seventy seven. They scored seventy in the first half against Silverdale too. Just just a side note to that one. That's insane. But, uh, Put you back to yeah. CPA for a second. Yeah, forget that seven and five record. The way the Lions are playing right now, they're not a seven and five team. No, not no. at all. Yeah, one thing in that uh, bottom matchup, real quick. Uh, you know, Caleb Beasley calls himself the best corner in the nation. I mean, if he was not on that Lipscomb team, this game is a whole lot harder to pick, in my opinion, because of the receiver that Knox Webb has and Marquise Barrett, uh, the number nine ranked prospect in the 2024 class. Uh, but they do have Caleb Beasley, and they also have, they also have Ryan Longwell. They their defense is loaded with talent. Yep. yep. On to AAA, where it's Chattanooga against Nashville in the semifinals. It's uh, McCauley <laughs> at NBA and Baylor Brentwood Academy. So, you know, could it could be an all Nashville final? Could be an all Chattanooga final, or could be one against one. A bit of both. <laughs> um. Yeah. NBA Macaulay, uh, this is a, a, a rematch again. Uh, I believe NBA beat them there, right? Yeah, 23-20 uh, earlier in the year. So Macaulay's going to be looking for a little bit of revenge uh, over at uh, the Big Red Brickyard over there. Um, but, you know, this NBA team is, uh, yeah, they're, they're mature. Uh they are, uh, I think they're playing with purpose. I think this is a, another close game, uh, in, in the, in this matchup because it's hard to be a team twice when they've seen what you do well, yeah. uh, especially in a close game. Yeah. These, you know, we talked about how good the brackets are, uh, through all the other classifications, but guys, both of these matchups are true state championship caliber matchups here. Uh, any of these four teams could bring home the gold ball. I know NBA has cruised this year. Uh, they've, they've definitely looked like the best team in the state, uh, maybe not talent-wise because lips them, but uh, on the field-wise at least with the schedule that they had and the way that they performed this year. Uh, but this NBA team, uh, you know, they had a little bit of a, a chip on their shoulder going to Chattanooga to play Macaulay in the regular season. They knew that this would be a huge advantage. What made that game so big in the regular season is this exact fact. Macaulay has to come to Nashville to play them. Uh, huge advantage for NBA as they play at home. Uh, you know, tough, close game the first time around, and I expect nonetheless that uh, that matchup is what it is. Uh, but that Baylor-Brentwood Academy game, to me, guys, it, it spells shootout, guys. We thought last week was a, a matchup of quarterbacks. This week's a matchup of quarterbacks, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I mean, two, uh, two young quarterbacks that are uh, – you know, with the with the great pedigrees there, in uh, Muschamp and uh, and our boy over at Brentwood Academy, um, it's yeah. I mean, honestly, Cam, you're right. I mean, the, you you could put these you know put these four teams in a in a cup, shake it up, and wouldn't be surprised how any of it came out. Yeah, it'd be hard to argue that uh, these aren't the, the four best teams. And I, and I think when we started looking at this from the get-go, guys, these were probably the four teams we expected to be right here where they are. All due respect to a good Ensworth, I would have been shocked if they would have knocked off Bacali. But uh, Bacali's a very solid, very good football team and uh, going to be a heck of a final for you. I agree with you guys. Any one of the four, I could see winning this thing. Yeah, in a season that's been full of surprises, this was not one with the way these four teams have gotten to this point. And uh, 
this championship game will cap off Thursday at the Blue Cross Bowl when they face off at 7 Eastern on December 1st. So we'll see who will advance to that game on Friday. And that will take us through all of those playoff brackets for this week. So we got to do a little bit more business from Innovate Medical in just a moment. We'll be back with who you got. don't want to bring these up and i'm going to here in just a second but like i do every week it's it's time to uh pick some winners and hopefully get my lead back until you got i'm not proud of it but i'm gonna bring it up anyway <laughs> now i will say this before last week we had only two instances of somebody having a perfect week on this on this particular show we doubled that last week Wow. Yeah. Cam got his first, and the fans got their second in a row. They've won 20 straight. Let's shout out to you guys. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you pulled in the tie for fourth with Tom. Hey, yeah, wait a minute. Uh, I, Chris, just I, think you, <laughs> I, ne- I think you need to do us all a favor. Let's have the fans vote on it first, and then we can pick. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I kind of like that idea, actually. <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah that's that's a that's a not a bad idea honestly um yeah it's close though between like the five six games between like five of us this is not over by any means for this particular stretch let's look back at those games from last week um yeah i went with brentwood over bartlett so did reggie and didn't get that one we all had friendship christian knocked out uh Four out of the six at East Nashville over Waverly. We all took Smith County. We all took Oakland. Some no trouble there. Uh, Reggie tried to get Mount Juliet through. Didn't work for him. Same with Smyrna over Beach. Didn't work for him. Uh, Springfield over Munford. Tom went with yeah, Munford. I missed that by a mile, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Reggie had Clarksville. That didn't work out for me either. We all had Cane Ridge. We were split on Pope Prep and Brentwood Academy, but the Brentwood Academy side won out to take that one this week so we've picked 647 games this season it's a lot but even at this point there's only two games between first and second hey i'm coming for scott now (laughs) all four of us you talk about picking over almost 650 games and to have that win total start with a five i mean that that's all really good Floating around 80%. I I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Cam, for the nice words. Yeah. yeah. Not patronizing at all. (laughs) I just want to know, Scott, why is Reggie not picked 650 games? Yeah. (laughs) Because Reggie would weigh 500 pounds. We'd probably have to start a fundraiser for Reggie's food. What would be be the bigger number, the number of wins or the number of pounds? I mean, that's that's your question there, obviously. That's the ratio. Yeah, so, um, yeah. The the, the ones that picked up told you so is everybody but Cam picked up at least two last week, which was wild because some of us threw some Hail Marys out there. Uh, I took Gordonsville over South Pitt and Oak Ridge over McMinn County. Scott had Germantown's win over Houston and Monterey over Hampton, as well as East Hamilton over Opperman. Tom came through with Chattanooga Christian over FRA and Red Bank over Stone Memorial Cam. Well, he's in first place, so whatever. I played it conservative. Yes, you did. Yeah. 
on to the picks for this week. And uh, I sense another Hail Mary coming from somebody, but we'll see who that is here in just a minute. Gordonsville Clay County's first up in that 1A quarterfinal. And Tom's going with the Bulldogs of Clay County over Gordonsville. The rest of us are on the Tigers. Guys, this looks, uh, again, like uh, the end of the regular season. I think I was the only one that took Clay County. I will admit this was harder for me to pick this time than it was last time. It is hard to beat a team twice in the same season. Gordonsville does have a chip on their shoulder. I thought Gordonsville played a fantastic ball game at South Pitt last Friday night. It is never easy to go down there and beat the Pirates, and uh, Gordonsville got it done. But Clay County, there's something special about this team. They're a senior-oriented team. They've got great coaching. They're good defensively. I know last time it was a 27-20, kind of a shootout for two teams that are renowned for their defense. I think it might be a lower score game this time, guys. I still think it's going to come down to one score. I think it's going to come down to the end. This was very hard, but just going with the gut, I took Clay County to win it. Yeah, I think I agree. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. That's why my key to this game is going to be Gavin Huddleston, the, the Gordons will place kicker. I think that uh, it's going to come down. It's going to be that close. I mean, I can honestly see a 17-16 game. I can see a 20-19 game, something like that. Uh, I just think that the Tigers, like you said, it's hard to beat a team twice in a row, and the Tigers are playing better. It was a pick six that really took them out of this game the last time they played. Yeah, I mean, guys, I'm in, not trying to brag, but I am in first. So I will eat crow if I'm wrong on this. But Gordsville made some mistakes in that first game. I don't think that they make them this time. You know, Gordon's. you, you talked about Clay having a senior-laden team, and you talked about the, the staff that Clay has uh, with Bruce Lamb and, and Mike Dickerson and Jimmy Maynard. Uh, Gordonsville has 25 seniors as a 1A school. 25. That's a lot. Gordon full by two touchdowns. Ooh. Whoa. Okay. okay. I see where this is going. <laughs> I, I rolled the dice of Gordonsville last week at South Pitt, and it paid off. And I'm going to do it again just because I like the way this team has played over the past two months. They started slow, but, man, they've not been slow since then. And momentum is a big deal in this, in this game. So going up there, feeling pretty good. You went into a very difficult place to win at South Pitt. You're going to another tough place to win in Salina. They're not going to be scared of it. They're going to be able to learn from their mistakes in the first game, and I do think Gordonsville gets it done. I won't say two touchdowns. I'll call it one, but I'm taking Gordonsville as well. Tyner at East Robertson in the 2A quarter final, and Scott, you and I have East Robertson, and the others are taking Tyner. Yeah, this one was a tough one to call because of Josh Jackson. Uh, you know, you know, he has a pretty high QB rating. He's thrown for twenty, almost 2,500 yards. He protects the football pretty well. But I don't think he's seen defensive backs like East Robertson has. And I think that that is going to play a key. I think uh, the, the defensive backs for East Robertson, uh, it being a home game for them, the hype, the, the being able to run the ball on the ground was, was uh, uh, Zechariah Prince, I think, that, you know, we're starting to see the emergence of, uh, uh, you know, Isaiah and uh, Isaiah Groves. Uh, it's a tall task. I'm, you know, I've been on the East Robertson train all year. I'm not jumping off now. I agree with that. Um, I, I tend to not like when teams have to come from the Eastern time zone to the Central time zone, like Tyner's going to have to do here, because that extra hour that you've got to wait to get on the field, 
that can bring in some nerves that can get you off to a bad start. And I think that if that happens to Tyner, East Robertson's got some athletes to make this thing get in their favor pretty fast. Uh, and also being at home after a long, a long road trip for Tyner, being at home for East Robertson, it's such a big deal in cross points to be in this spot for the, for the Indians. And uh, I think those seniors are going to really want to play well for those folks at home. And uh, I'm giving them a shot here. I'm going to go with the Indians. They will definitely want to perform for that uh, home crowd. Uh, huge fan of what Coach Brooks has been able to do in season one there at East Robertson. I believe, you know, a little bit of spoiler here, but he has my vote for lower class coach of the year for us. Um, but, Scott, you mentioned train, and there's only one train, and it's called the Ram train, and it's coming across Plains. Uh, East Robertson's first ever quarterfinal game. None of the guys on Tyner's team has been here, but the, the coaches have. The community has. They expect to win this game. I think that they come get it done in a close ball game. Guys, this is going to be a great game. I agree, and I think it's going to – you know, Tyner's defense is what uh, secured it for me, and I agree, Chris, with a lot of what you said about the travel. That You know, anytime you are hopping time zones, it, it does take you out of your game just a little bit. Uh, you know, getting out there and it's going to be a cold night, you know, you, you got to find all those elements as well. But I love Tyner's team. And, again, Josh Jackson's a handful. But East Robertson's got the, the weapons to hang out there. I just think, you know, Tyner, when you look at what they've done defensively all season long, they've held some good teams in check, Alcoa being the exception. And, and again, I like what they were able to do in their victory last week over Westmoreland. I just like Tyner to go on the road to get it done, though. I do think it'll be a close ball game. All right. Yeah, one quick side note. They did give up 42 to Alcoa. That game was 7 to nothing at halftime. Yeah. Yep. That 3A game with East Nashville and Smith County, Cam, you'll be there for that one. Um, how much firepower did we give somebody this week? Mm. <laughs> Not as much as they might want, but Tom and Reggie did go with Smith County, and the rest of us took the Eagles, so 60-40. I'll defer to Reggie here. <laughs> <laughs> no, guys, I, 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 I've, I've gone against Smith County so many times, you know, here in the last few weeks, it feels like, and they keep kicking my butt. They just keep winning. <laughs> I mean, they just keep winning, guys. And, um, you know, they're not flashy. We talked about this a little while ago. They're not going to blow teams out. They just win. And I know East Nashville had a great offensive performance last week. I think they got back on course. They're going to be dangerous. They're going to be angry coming to the hole. Smith County just wins. I give Matt Dyer a lot of credit for keeping this team even kill. They just go out. They take care of business. Uh, again, their only loss, three-point loss to DeKalb County early in the season. They've taken on all comers. Guys, they just win. And I'm going with Smith County. If they beat me this week, then, uh, well, that'll be their season. But uh, I've just – I've doubted them too long. I'm going with them. I think they get it done this week. Yeah, I understand that, Tom. And this was a tough game to pick. But you look at what East Nashville's done recently. You know, when they went through their restructure, had to do some things internally with their team. Those kids, those young kids they put up up front are getting it done. They did it against Waverly. Uh, you're starting to see them mature. The defense that East, that East Nashville had, uh, boy, ten, uh, Chris, you had to put to the Easts right next to each other. Uh, the, the defense that East Nashville had had to carry the team for a while. This is a different team than Smith County saw, I think, a couple of weeks ago. I think this team plays with a little bit more confidence right now. And I think also that, that uh, 
you know, for as much as they want to feel disrespected, I think that this East Nashville team respects the heck out of the out of this uh, Smith County team. Now, I, I I think they they know what to expect. Um, I just I just think that the speed of East Nashville in this game may be too much. If they don't respect them, that's going to be a lot larger than a 15-14 game this time around. Oh, yeah. uh, this was difficult for me to pick, and I almost went with Smith County, but the way East Nashville rebounded last week sort of spoke volumes about their ability to adjust and adapt, and, and that's going to be key this week for, for East Nashville to adapt because they're going to have to do some things differently to beat Smith County. And I got a feeling that uh, you know Zach Beard and Frank Gordon have some things up their sleeve for that Smith County defense, but listen. A couple of side notes uh, for Smith County. Yeah. First quarter, first quarterfinal appearance for Smith County since 2009. That was a 15 to 14 loss to York Institute, uh, and then Smith County is also seeking their first semifinal appearance since 2006. Uh, one thing that Smith County has going for them, if they do reach the semifinals, they won't have to play Alcoa this time if they get there. No, nope. um, but I told Scott this morning. In that regular season game, I picked Smith County. It was a told you so. I knew then that I was picking East Nashville in the rematch, and I expected the rematch because I just like this team. I like the leadership on this team. I like Zach Beard. I like Frank Gordon. I like Coach Stewart. Um, Now, they didn't quite get here the way that I thought they would with the changes that they've made on the offensive line, but, guys, they're here. They beat a really solid team last week in Waverly, a team that's very comparable to Smith County. So, I lean East Nashville in this matchup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very good, very well stated, Cam. Um, I'll say this, though. If Smith County wins, I'll pick him next week. I'll, I'll, I'll call it now. <laughs> I'll call it now. So there you go. Pearl Code at Lexington in that 4A quarterfinal game, the Firebirds having to head out toward West Tennessee, and we think they'll get it done on the road across the board as all of us taking the Firebirds in that one. Yeah, I think that, you know, Lexington's a run first team. Uh, they operate out of the single wing. Uh, they got a, a really good running back, Isaiah McLean. He's a dasher. He's uh, got 4 6 speed, runs out of the Wildcat a lot. Uh, defensively, they run a 3 4. It's, it's, it, it, it's a team that Pearl, I think, can match up well against. I think Pearl's going to bring up their linebackers. They might sneak a safety down, try to force uh, the, the Tigers to, to uh, throw. I think as long as Pearl will play clean, I think that's the biggest uh, thing that they just need to play a clean game that they're, whenever they do that, they're hard to beat. Uh, They just have, you know, so much talent. If they can play clean and keep the uh, turnovers and the penalties down, they should win this game. And I think they should win it uh, going away. I'm going to channel my college football playoff committee right here with, and I'm going to look at resumes. Okay. Pearl Cone has the best resume, maybe across the board in the state. Maybe CPA has a little bit of a complaint there. Two losses for Pearl Cone, NBA, Cane Ridge. Both those teams are still playing. Both teams have a great shot to get Chattanooga. Both games, the Cane Ridge game was super close. The NBA game, of course, uh, got out of hand for them. But uh, this Lexington team, guys, when they win, the opponents don't score much. But when they lose, the opponents score a lot. And Pearl Cone can score a lot. So I like Pearl Cone in this matchup. 
Yeah, I do too. And Cam, you said it, you know, Pearl Cone was 0-2 at one point, and uh, we th- maybe thought the sky was falling. But when you look back at those two losses now, nothing at all to be ashamed of. They've reeled, reeled off 10 consecutive wins. I like Pearl Cone. they got the talent. They're just playing great football right now. They get it done on the road. Springfield with Henry County in that one of those five-day quarterfinals. And Reggie will take the Patriots, the rest of us, on that road team, Springfield. The road team has had success in the last couple of years, winning, I think, the last three in this series. Yeah, Henry County's got an interesting resume. You know, they've lost to playoff teams Beach and Brentwood by a total of seven points. Um, they defeated uh, Springfield on that two-point conversion first time around, but the, uh, those I think are the only teams, uh, the only teams that they have defeated uh, with a uh, with a winning record. Uh, that and South Gibson. Um, but boy, the Patriots did uh, defeat Springfield. Um, it's just hard to beat a Dustin Wilson team twice in one year. I, you know, th- you know the the last time they played. Uh, Crenshaw threw a pick six. They had penalties. They had turnovers. I just think that uh, that Springfield's going to go in there uh, with a different uh, a different tact, learn from the mistakes that they made, and come away with a victory. Yeah, I mean Devin Crenshaw, guys. That's that's one of the things for me that uh, led me to pick Springfield. Yes, Coach Wilson does a great job. Uh, one thing to to keep an eye on in this matchup is. Springfield's defense. Springfield's only gave up 14 points or more twice this year to Beach and to Henry County. Both of those games were losses for Springfield. Of course, the Beach game, they played without Devin Crenshaw. One thing that I want to note, this matchup has been looking for, has been being looked forward to since week one. Week one, Devin Crenshaw called his shot after the Greenbrier game and said, we want that big, we want that red team is exactly what he said. Well, guess what? He gets to go on the road and play that red team. I think he gets it done. I agree. I think they're going to get it done on the road against uh, Henry County. And uh, uh, one of, you know, <laughs> Henry County is always tough. And I know they beat Springfield earlier this season, but I think Springfield definitely has a chip on their shoulder, Crenshaw and company. And again, he wants the red team. He's got it. Go out and prove it. And I think they will. Yeah, the winner here also hosts a semifinal game, too, between the winner of, of Page and Owensville. So, Got a lot at stake here, and, and another week of practice and another home game for the winner. It's it's big for for a lot of reasons for these two. And I like Springfield just because I think that the road team is going to continue the recent trend of winning of this series. But uh, it should be a good one over there in Paris, no matter what. Blackman of Oakland in six A. Uh, Oakland took the took the regular season game by quite a bit. Now Reggie's calling his shot. He's going with the blaze, but. Uh, Rest of us were on the Patriots side this time. Reggie's calling an historical shot. Yeah. <laughs> well, he Not called. The, uh, pretty sure he called the CPA game, didn't he? He did. He did. The reason why I say that, I'm not knocking Blackman at all, guys. They they can surely win this game. They're off. Anytime you have an offense like the Blaze do, you can beat anybody. Uh, Oakland has not lost a game to an, a district opponent since 2014. That is regular season playoffs combined. They've not lost a game to a district opponent since 2014. Coach Creasy will not let that happen. And one of the things that I I found when looking uh, a little bit more into Oakland, we talk about that CPA game. We talk about how dominated uh, Oakland was in that game by CPA. 
before the CPA game, Oakland were, was in a lot of shootouts, guys. It was kind of something that we weren't accustomed to. Opponents for Oakland in those first seven games scored 131 points over seven games. Since then, opponents have scored 20 over four. They found that defense and combined with the offense that averages almost 49 points per game, um, Blackman's offense may go off, and it still may not be enough. Yeah, I think, I, you know, Blackman is on their way. They they are. Uh, I think it's going to take some time for them to, you know, as they build their uh, feeder systems into the offenses and things like that. Uh, you know, Oakland does such a good job with their, uh, you know, the, the schools that feed into them and the youth leagues over there that they, they know that's, that's why they're so good is that they can plug somebody in and that they know the system and they're, they're in the system and, and they, and it's, you know, we've seen a couple of years of Chandler Tigers, you know, running gun offense. Uh, Blackman's on their way. I just think that Oakland right now is, uh, well, Cam, you said it best to beat the man. To be the man, you got to beat the man. And I think that uh, right now they're not quite there. I wish I could claim that one. Unfortunately, that was Ric Flair, but yeah. I'd be a whole lot more famous. <laughs> yeah, but you say it more here. <laughs> I do. I do. I'm, I'm a huge, avid uh, fan of of quotes. Uh, one other quick thing on this matchup, guys. Um, we, we already hit on it, I believe, the four Mr. Football finalists in this matchup. Yeah, definitely. If you're going to go to a game, you want to see some players that are going to be playing on Saturdays. This is the game, one of the games to go to. Yeah, and Blackman stayed in the in this game in the first half for a little while in the, in the regular season meeting, but the, the breaks just started going against them. You know, the, as aggressive as they are, they're going to need to get a few more breaks to to knock off Oakland if they want to advance. And uh, they're coming, Scott. You said it. They're, they're coming along and. Next year could be really fun for them, but even though they're going to have to replace some key pieces. But, uh, yeah, I think Oakland right now just is playing on a different level than a lot of teams, and it's going to be tough to knock them off. Yep. Another 6A quarterfinal, Beach and Cane Ridge. We're split. Reggie's going with Beach. Tom's going with Beach. The rest of us are going with Cane Ridge. Yeah, I, I you know, I, and I was back and forth, but this is one just, again, a gut instinct with me going with Beach to win this football game. Uh, it's going to be a great matchup when you look at Darius Johnson and Siobhan Abdullah and uh, what they were able to do in the last round. But, uh, I, you know, I like Cane Ridge. I, I don't know. I just feel like Beach, to me, just felt a little more with the homework that I did, a little bit more uh, maybe battle-tested. I know they both played a pretty good schedule. I just like Beach in this football game. Just one of my upset specials of the week, guys, going to go with uh, the Bucks to get it done. Well, yeah, I, I struggled with this one hard. I mean, I really, really did because, you know, you said it, you know, the, the running game with J.P. Courtney and Johnson is just, you know, really hard to beat. Even uh, Caden uh, Thiemann, uh, uh, you know, but, you know, seeing that Cane Ridge defense, you know, because we hear so much about their offense. But Jalen Johnson out there, just seeing what he did to that uh, to that Clarksville offense, and seeing what those guys did, uh, you know, the, everybody talks a lot about uh, Mose Phillips and and uh, Reggie Goodlow, maybe even By, uh, Byron Davis. But uh, 
that defense is, is stout too. I think this is a heavyweight bout. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting, you know, who's Rocky Balboa and who is uh, Clubber Lang. <laughs> I mean, honestly, uh, I'm just going with Cane Ridge because uh, they're at home. Yeah, Cane Ridge has, has had their has had their. I mean, Cane Ridge beat CPA. I mean, they have the better win of these two teams by quite a bit, honestly. Um, Beach has been very good all year long, but I, this Cane Ridge team is on another is on a different level just because. And we talked about it against Clarksville. That was a it was kind of a program changing win as far as their culture was concerned. Now that they've got that monkey off their back, no. Is are they primed for a letdown? I don't think so. I feel like that this team is focused and, and they want bigger things other than just to beat Clarksville. I mean, they've been very, very sharp all year long, and, and Eddie Woods isn't going to let them get complacent at this point of the season. I expect this to be a low-scoring ball game. I just think these two defenses play very good brands of football, and, and first to 20 might win this. And I think King Ridge can get there, even if it's through you know three or four Siobhan Abdullah field goals. I was going to say, I mean, we saw at the beginning of the year uh, with that uh, Pearl win, you know, it could come down to Siobhan Abdullah, but not in the way you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It could, but I, from seeing, seeing it last week, the special teams leans beach in this matchup, in my opinion. However, I like Kane Ridge's durability a little better. They don't have to run it. If Beach gets put in a position where they have to pass, they're in trouble. Not saying that they can't, but it's not what they want to do. Uh, where Kane Ridge could really do it either way. Uh, I just like Kane Ridge because of their du- durability. I, th- I think they they can do a little bit more things than Beach can. Now, what Beach does, they do it really well. Would not be surprised at all to see Anthony Crabtree's bunch go in there and win this game. On to page two, where we hit the Division Two games real quick. Uh, we'll go a little bit faster since we're running a little shorter on time. USJ at Friendship Christian. Uh, we're on the, all on Friendship Christian. I, I think uh, having to travel east, a long trip for USJ. Friendship Christian is playing at a high level right now. And this was really not that hard of a pick for me for the commanders. I don't know about you guys. No, Huge. I, I, it was an extremely hard pick. <laughs> I, I, I look at the, what Cam uh talked about earlier about uh, resumes if you look closely at usj's schedule they only have two wins against teams with winning record uh a 24 17 win over 75 hardin county and a 59 17 beat down of jackson christian uh i just think friendship has a better resume here i think they're a little bit more uh they're a little bit more durable it's a perfect matchup of offense versus defense guys usj has a 2,000 yard passer 1,000 yard receiver 1,500 yard running back Friendship Christian has Brock Montgomery, six or seven interceptions. But the guy for Friendship Christian that's got to make a difference in this game, Devin Lively, 26 tackles for loss, eight sacks. He's got to be a force in this ball game to disrupt the USJ offense. Jackson Christian at Nashville Christian, and we're all taking the Eagles in this one too. I think we mentioned this earlier in in the show about uh, the way Nashville Christian, the way these two teams really match up. Uh, and I just think this Nashville Christian train keeps rolling along. Jared Curtis is is really coming along in his own fast. I mean, at this point, you're you're not really a freshman anymore. You're kind of a sophomore. So, yeah, and seeing what he did as a freshman, he's only going to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
the by, you know Jackson Christian started out the season with a quarterback uh, in Gage uh, Boykin, uh, uh, another uh, big tall uh, quarterback. But he hasn't played the last two weeks. I'm not sure of the status whether he'll be back this week or not. They've been playing a sophomore. Now they haven't really had to worry too much about it because they have Cam Boyd. He's a five-four scat back, but he's got 1,600 yards rushing and 22 TDs, and he put up 217 on Middle Tennessee Christian. So, you know, Nashville Christian is going to have to play really good defense. But as long as you got uh, Jerry Curtis back there, uh, you know, he's uh, he's a big quarterback, but but he's got some seniors around him. I think that they've got a really good chance. CPH had to do Christian. I'm taking CPA. Scott's on CPA. Cam's on CPA. Tom and Reggie have taken Chattanooga Christian. Wait just a minute. Reggie going against the cat team? What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Reggie likes being down at the bottom where I am, guys. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I'll tell you what. I was um, – the game last week after I heard about Boo Carter, I, I felt like maybe I should have gone with FRA over Chattanooga Christian. And early in that game, I kept hearing the score update and score updated, and that game really was not close in the first half. FRA – had to rally in the second half to, to make it a 15-point game. And I'm not saying CPA can't go down there and win, but I was surprised how well, how resilient Chattanooga Christian played. Uh, it didn't seem like they had any distractions from the fact that, uh, you know, Carter's gone from the team now. I, I think this Chattanooga Christian team is very focused. Again, you're going to have to go down to the Chattanooga region, play in another time zone for CPA. But they've surprised me all year, CPA. We've talked about that record. You know, going, uh, I guess, 75 to this point, 85. And they're battle-tested. They've beaten Oakland. They've got all the elements to win this game. Again, just an upset special for me. I like Chattanooga Christian. I think they're focused. They're at home. And I'm going to pick them to win it. I said the thing about time zones for Tyner going to East Robertson. I, I like it the other direction. I'll, if you're going east, I'd rather go east than go west because you play an hour earlier going east than you do going west. So actually, it's a two-hour difference, really, if you think about it. But uh, yep. you go down there, you get to play an hour earlier than usual. The nerves don't have as much time to sit in. You get going. And, and CPA is just playing real good ball right now. And that's uh, that's just the way I go about it. I, I, CPA is winning this game, I, I think. And I don't know that it's going to be that close, to be honest with you. Well, and, and tell you the truth, London Humphreys is really stepping out here lately. I think they've done, they're doing a really good job getting him the ball out in space. Uh, he's making plays, and that adds another level of complexity to that CPA offense. All right, next up, Lipscomb Academy, Knoxville Webb. I, this one's pretty well straightforward. Lipscomb Academy across the board, nobody's stepping out of line here. <laughs> yeah, not stepping out of line, uh, but I will say this. Uh, if it does go as we plan, do think that it's going to go. Uh, hats off to Coach David Meske. 40 years of service as a teacher and coach there at Knoxville Webb. Kudos to him. Uh, he has already announced he will be retiring at season's end, whenever that is. Uh, hopefully for the Spartans, for fans out there, that it's in Chattanooga. But uh, it would take uh, some kind of performance from quarterback Charlie Robinson to uh, get that team down there. Yeah, it's just you got to play a clean, clean game. You've got to get turnovers and truthfully hope the Lipscomb bus breaks down. McCauley at NBA in that AAA semifinal. Uh, we're all taking the big red, even though I, I tend to think this is a close game, and I'm, I think you guys kind of feel the same way, but uh, let's hear it. 
Definitely yeah, it was close, close last uh, guys. Yeah, three point ahead, game Tom. last time, and uh, uh, I look for it to be close. And you know, rematches. I think we're always taking a look at that rematch scenario. But I just feel like NBA has played well all year. And again, just uh, uh, we, we talk about teams that have just taken all all teams and they just go out and they just win and do what they do well. NBA to me has just been a team that that kind of surprised me. I knew they were going to be good this year. I think they've been better than I even expected from the get-go. I think they're going to get it done. I think they take care of business. And uh, I think they maybe they went a little more comfortably than they did last time. Well, McCauley, you know, and Jay St. Hilaire, you know, he's a huge he's a huge back. But they forced him to actually run uh, in that first game. He had uh, he had more running yards than he's had all year. Um, so I, I think that that bodes well for NBA and their defensive line. Cause I think that's where the difference is going to be is that the NBA defensive line, the first time game they had nine penalties, which doesn't seem like a lot, but uh, for an NBA team, that's uh, that's quite a bit. Um, they can't afford to have that. Uh, Marcel Reed was there, uh, was the most of their offense. He was their leading rusher. He was their, of course, leading passer. Um, I think this one's going to get one in the trenches. Uh, and I think that NBA is just playing at that level. I do think it's going to be a close game, but I think NBA comes away. They're at home. I think they come away with this one. Yeah, we've talked about Mr. Football candidates um, throughout the show. This one, we gotta we got to show a little love now. we got to show a little love to the big guys. All right, Gabe Fisher and Carson Gentle, both the defense alignment on each team respectively. Um the big Canadian at quarterback for Macaulay and St. Hilaire, uh, 2,100 yards passing this year, 24 touchdowns, five interceptions. Uh, but the matchup that I'm looking at, you kind of hit on it a little bit, Scott, was uh, in the first game, Marcel uh, Reed was the, the leading ball carrier uh, for NBA. Uh, and then Hilaire had 88 yards rushing as well. Which running back gets going in this game? Neither of them really got going in the first game. Uh yep. Which running back gets going in this game, I believe, determines who wins this ball game because it's going to make it easier to throw the ball on these good defenses. Uh, so the, the matchup is going to be Tario Price from McCauley and Jonathan Moore from NBA. Uh, it's going to be a great game down there in Nashville, uh, just like NBA's experience. All right. Yep. Baylor Brentwood Academy on the other side of that bracket. Uh, we're kind of split. Now, Reggie and I are taking Brentwood Academy, and the rest of y'all got Baylor, so I'll go first here. I love the way Brentwood Academy's defense has played the last five weeks. Here's the, Since they lost to NBA on September 26th, here's how many points they've allowed to opponents. Nine, seven, seven, seven. Now, granted, none of those teams were the caliber of Baylor, so Baylor's probably going to get in the double digits, but when you've got a confident defense that's attacking and aggressive like Baylor by Brentwood Academy has been, it's a pretty good thing to have in the end of November. And uh, the way George McIntyre has grown up and leading this offense, and Deuce Scott could have a big night too. That, that's going to be a key for me. Deuce Scott, if they can get him going and keep a little bit of ball control, maybe not necessarily have to have it for 35 minutes, but keep Baylor's offense off the field for a little while, they've got a pretty good chance. I like Baylor Academy at home. Yeah, this one, I mean, all of them are tough at this point of the year, but this one was really tough on me. Uh, Deuce Scott last week, uh, I watched a clip, I believe, uh, of him saying that he would die on the field. Uh, and that is – that's something that you really uh, – a senior not want to play his last game. And I know no senior wants to play his last game. Uh, but he is super talented. This was a super hard game for me to pick. Ultimately, what it come down to for me was 
week 10, I believe it was, when Baylor played the NBA. That game ended 42-34, a late score from NBA won the game there for them. At that moment, I said that was the state championship game. So I look for that to be a rematch next uh, December the uh, 1st in Chattanooga. I, I kind of looked at uh, – I tried I tried to look at like uh, opponents. And the one thing that I looked at with uh, Baylor is that it took me back to that Brentwood Academy-Ensworth game and how close it was that uh, – that it took the last uh, last minute pass from Brentwood Academy to to get out in that game, and I and I just kept thinking that Baylor reminded me of from what I've seen uh, with their quarterback play of a team that could run and throw. I thought, you know, quite frankly, I think Baylor is just a little bit better, and I like their line better. You know, they got that big six five two eighty Bryson Sanders old all Miss commit, which is going to keep uh, which is going to keep Whitmus Champ clean. Uh, I that for that reason and that reason alone, I went with uh, with Baylor. All right, we got one more to pick, and it's our spotlight game this week. It is Paige Nolensville. These two teams had a fantastic game in early October as they went to overtime, and Nolensville won it on a Samson Johnson TD to walk it off for the night. They'll go back to Nolensville to play the rematch, and Camp's taking Paige, but the rest of us have Nolensville. Go ahead, Cam. <laughs> You're smiling. <laughs> Hear it. Guys, it's so hard to beat a team twice. So hard. Um, Paige was here last year. Nolensville was not. Uh, you know, how well does Nolensville handle being in their first ever quarterfinal appearance? I'm going to correct you on that because it's not. They've actually Second. had – no, they've had three semifinal games in their school history. Okay, I'm I'm around early. My bad. Yeah. Um, but what really does it for me is Nolansville allowed 500 rushing yards last week to White County. Uh, yes, they do have talent all over the place. Uh, but reading, I went back and read an article on that first matchup, and Coach Rathbone was really, uh, just call it what it is. He was really irritated uh, with the way his team performed. Uh, some mistakes late in that game really let Nolansville tie the game. Nolansville went on a 16-play drive to, to score to send it to overtime. Uh, a, an opportunity, I think they had converted two or three fourth downs on that drive. Yep. Uh, you know, Paige just couldn't hardly get off the field. Colin Hurd, senior linebacker, quarterback for Paige. Boy Smith, senior receiver for Paige. Uh, the running back there that's come – Cunningham, I believe is his name, uh, has come along right here at the end of the year. Uh, it's just so hard to beat a team twice. And a game that close, I, I teamed to, ten, tended to lean towards – and really it was in all my picks. If you notice, I picked East Nashville as well. Uh, the team that lost the first game in a super close game, I went the other way. What's that Trousdale County thinking? Um, <laughs> you got Watertown, Watertown itis. Yeah. Um, uh, well, yeah, I, I was truthfully concerned about the same thing, Cam. I honestly was. But one thing it just came back to me and was Taylor Wine. Um, you know, it seems just like in the last two weeks that uh, people have picked up on him. I've been watching him all year. He affects so many offenses uh, in so many ways uh, coming off the edge. I, I think that uh, 
he's going to force Page to run. Uh, he's not going to allow uh, Page to get comfortable throwing the ball. Uh, and that bodes well for Nolansville's defensive backs. I expect a good game. I expect a close game out of this. Chris, I expect you to be there somewhere around 130 to get anywhere near that place. Um, yeah. It, you know, it's going, it's going to be rocking there in Nolansville. But I think that the key to this game is Samson Johnson. Taylor Wine on defense and Samson Johnson. If Samson can do what he did last week, it's Nolansville all the way. The thing for me about this rematch is, yeah, the regular season game was technically a rematch, but this is all roads have led to this game from last year. The way that Nolansville and Page played that that game last year to this one, Nolansville's had everything pointed at this week to try to knock Page out after losing in the second round last year. Uh, Nolansville, I mean, for me, their defense is so much improved, and that's really the key for me is if they can get a couple of turnovers again like they did in the regular season meeting, that's going to be key for them. Derek Burroughs and that secondary, Taylor Wine, those guys are going to have to be on top of their game. Page is going to throw everything but the kitchen sink at them, and they may have to do that just to win this game. But uh, I won't be shocked if Page wins. But Nolansville's on a mission, and I feel like that's going to continue after this week just because those seniors have been in games like this as well, even before they got to 5A. And uh, I think that they'll pull this one out. Do we need overtime again? Perhaps. We'll see. We also need to see who Reggie picked in this one this week, too. So uh, let's let him close it out for us. And he has settled on one. Okay, let's see who he picked. He has picked the Page Patriots. Good job, Rich. I feel like he was trying to, to get a sneak a second pick in there, Scott. Uh, he, he really was too interested in the uh, the uh, – visitor he had on the porch at the time to bother with me too much. <laughs> I, but I just couldn't figure out how to get the possum to make a pick. All right. That's uh, wrapping up all those picks. And remember, you guys can pick either winners on 615preps.com up until 6 p.m. on Friday night as well. So make sure to go do that. Uh, we'll recap these real quick. Uh, Tom's got Clay County over Gordonsville. The rest of us are on their Tigers. I have Scott I, Scott and I have East Robertson over Tyner. The others have the Rams. Tom and Reggie have Smith County. The rest of us are in East Nashville. We've all taken Procone over Lexington. Reggie likes Henry County. The rest of us have Springfield in that, in that quarterfinal game. He's also got Blackman over Oakland. The rest of us are in the Patriots. And Reggie and Tom are paired up with Beach, while the rest of us have Cane Ridge. Page two, it's Friendship Christian across the board. Reggie likes Jackson Christian. The rest of us are in Nashville Christian. Reggie and Tom have Chattanooga Christian. The rest of us are on the lines of CPA. We've all got Lipscomb Academy and NBA in their respective games. I'm paired with Reggie with Brentwood Academy over Baylor. The rest of them on the Red Raiders. Reggie and Cam have Page, and Nolansville goes with the rest of us. So Reggie has called his shot. Is is Hail Mary for <laughs> who you got for this season? 
And with that, that is all the damage that we can do for a quarterfinal and semifinal week in Division Two, guys. Before we get out of here, let's get one last word from all of you. Um, Tom, I'll let you start first. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. When you get down to this point in the season, expect the unexpected. You just never know what might happen on any given Friday night. Anybody can beat anybody. And I've been kind of surprised that we've actually been able to say that since the first week of the playoffs. You know, a lot of times teams do get – uh, or maybe the TWSAA gets criticized when you have the four playoff teams coming out of one region. And you do get some lopsided first-round games. But we've seen, I think, a lot more competitive games. Uh, the la last couple of years in particular, some of these teams that come in as number four seeds are pretty darn competitive. But when you get to this point, don't be surprised. There are going to be some upsets this week. Some of the games even that we have picked, don't be surprised if uh, if there are some upsets and uh, what seems like chalk doesn't always work out. This, to me, is a lot like the NCAA tournament. It's fun to follow, and you just never know what might happen. Yeah, at this point in the season, it's funny you mentioned the word chalk. At this point in the season, I don't think that you can honestly say that any game is chalk. Uh, once you get into the quarterfinals, semifinals, and the playoffs, uh, everybody's there for a reason. Everybody's either playing extremely good football or have played extremely good football all the way up to that point. Uh, just a couple things to note. Uh, if you noticed that we did not pick your game on the episode, tune in to 615preps.com. We had picked every game across the state this week. And then another thing that I've mentioned every round of the playoffs this week, guys, their seniors is going to play their last football game of their life Friday night. Uh, act like it. Do not show your hind end to these kids. Respect the game. Respect that their players playing their last football game that they'll ever play. This is listen to the president. Okay. <laughs> Actually looks like Juan Valdez. Um, look, <laughs> we appreciate every one of you. We really do. And, uh, you know, we're still working on trying to reach our goal of a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Um, uh, Please tell your friends. Uh, it goes a long way to getting our show recognized and getting uh, some things uh, done. And uh, we put everything into the show. We put everything we can back into it. Uh, getting uh, a thousand subscribers would be a big uh, mark for us. We do appreciate everybody that has subscribed. Please get your friends. Tell people about us. Uh, we're growing. Uh, and we just want to keep on doing that, providing content and showcasing the uh, the fine uh, young uh, men and uh, young women that uh, are all throughout the high school football sports uh, experience. Um, enjoy this week. Um, for those of you that, uh, as Kim said, that uh, may have a, a son or a daughter or a friend or a brother that may be playing their last one, um, you know, enjoy it, savor it. Um, it, it, it really is something special. Uh, you know, so, you know, go out and have fun, bundle up though. It's going to be a cold one. All right. It's just us now. Just you and me. Let's talk for a minute. It's a fun time of year. Really. It's almost like Christmas because some of these games are going to be some of the best of the year. And a lot of drama, especially if they get down to the wire when someone's going to go home short of their goal of making the Blue Cross Bowl, especially in these Division Two games. Division One teams are fighting to to practice on Thanksgiving and play on Black Friday and possibly be at home again. And this is the best time of year to be a high school football fan in this state just because of the talent level that's still around. Some of these teams are absolutely outstanding. 
And yeah, it's going to be cold, but really great week for high school football in this state. So make sure you get out there and, and see some of these games and you know, cheer on your team and, and do it in a good and do it in a sportsmanlike way because God knows we need it. Um, the way things have gone the last few years with officials leaving and um, due to misconduct or whatever, let, let's just let's just be good sports about it. No matter how it goes, no matter if your team wins or loses, just you know, be decent, be kind, and enjoy it while you got it because you never know when it may be gone. Um, our family suffered a loss this past week, and um, want to dedicate this episode to Levi Cassidy. Um, young man was 18 years old. He didn't play football, but is as family goes, he was, and unfortunately he had to attend his funeral yesterday and never want to bury an 18 year old. And that's part of the reason why this episode is airing now live on Wednesday, as opposed to Wednesday morning, because I was there and unable to record, but um, Levi, we're thinking about you and we love you and all the best to the family. And uh, we'll keep moving on. Those like you would want us to do. And uh, for all of us, all you out there, Go have some fun. Enjoy the football. It's a great time of year. And like Scott said, bundle up. It is going to be cold, but uh, I'll see you at Nolansville. Scott will be at Oakland. Cam will be at Cane Ridge. And uh, we will talk to you Saturday morning on the scoreboard show. Keep in mind that the scoreboard show this week will be the last of the season because the semifinal show probably will not have enough games for us to do a full hour. So we will make this Saturday show our last of the year. I'll bring the guys back in as we head out. For Tom, for Cam, for Scott, I'm Chris. Hope you enjoyed the live show. We may do it again next year. Who knows? But uh, we'll talk to you Saturday. Like and subscribe on the 615 Prep Scoreboard and back here next week to get ready for some semifinal action as well on the Mid-State 48, driven by Miracle Auto Group. Take care of each other and go enjoy the football. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers.